Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Presson Falsies. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ravel. Vicious. Brilliant. Deal with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, there's a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly. Hello, everybody. Welcome to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast. And as we say, this is one of our favourite types of episodes. It's a South Yorkshire Derby victory we get to talk about. Oh, yes, everybody. First time in 42 years we get a win in, in Bramall, at Bramall Lane. Um, you know, just over six months ago, we won in the other part of Sheffield. I'm pretty sure we own Sheffield now. I think that's how it works. Um, <laughs> don't know. I'm sure I'll get some... Uh, Comments to the contrary, but anyway, Mick. Just my, Mick is Mick has a heart pressure monitor on for this episode, so if he is calmer than normal, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Good pressure, not heart pressure. Uh, well, the same pressure. thing. Blood. No, I don't have no idea, mate. No idea. <laughs> uh, Who knows? Not interested. Whatever. Um, who knows? <laughs> and Danny's back with us. Danny, you were missed on Sunday. It's nice to have you back with us. Yes, yeah, nice to be back, lads. Although I have made a complete fool of myself because I've accidentally put on the reproduction of the last shirt that we've won at Bramall Lane in, the 8181 shirt. So I'm so sorry, but I'm just going to have to nip off and change my shirt to this season's away kit because <laughs> what an absolute win that is, boys. Oh, absolutely. We've I thought got you were I thought it would, was not. Baz is with us, S64 Miller, Neil Liversid, Matthew Hepsonall, Phil Rollins says, evening all, still think we need a ref rant. He might get a mention. I mean, Mr. Stroud, I think of one or two incidents. Um, evening all, says Sarah Ogden, the bragging rights were all, all hers in the house on Tuesday. The husband's been quiet since then. Good. Uh, Russ Vernon says, hello, Mick and Matt. Pleasure to speak to you on the uh, post game. Yes, it was. And Danny is uh, in what is now the now famous yellow shirt for this season. Do we only um, beat the Blades away in yellow shirts? No, that's a question. <laughs> so, so I think it's never been in red. That's mm-hmm. so the only thing I can sort of say, I think, on that one. Um, yeah. 
Steve Thompson, hello everybody. Brilliant feeling, Tuesday and unexpected. Yeah, and there's no well to start, obviously. We will preview the Luton game, the final game before the World Cup break, uh, which will come up in, obviously, Saturday, after Saturday's game. Um, but that's, you know, 45 minutes, 50 minutes away. Let's revel in the success uh, we had on Tuesday night. And Mr. Benjamin Wiles, Danny. What an absolute legend that guy is. I know we've criticised him on this podcast recently. I'm not criticising him, maybe not the right way. We've questioned and talked about his performances and everything else like that. Um, but he shut us right up because he, he's been brilliant last three games. And I said to me the other day, such a cool, calm finish for, for, the, for the goal as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's just been building up slowly. Wiles, aren't he? I mean, we've, we've been quite critical of some of his performances just because we know what he's capable of. And I think in his last three, he has really started cracking on. Um, they came up with the stat two goals in his last three games. Mm. Like, I, I think, could we be seeing the Matt Taylor effect on Ben Wiles? Potentially, because he has got him playing oh. some very good, decent football. And um, and he's sort of edged him towards being, you know, the guy, the, the, lad, the lad from Rotherham, you know, giving him the captain's armband, which Wiles said he probably wouldn't have got under the last regime in his post-match interview. On Radio Sheffield, so yeah, yeah fair play yeah, to him. Um, but um, he just had to be Ben Wiles, though, isn't it? The lad whose grandfather is a Blaze legend and played there between oof, uh, 68 and 78, I think it is, something like that. And um, and then Ben Wiles comes to town well, and yeah. scores in the same corner of the same goal that the other Rotherham lad scored in 1980-81. So, nice bit of football trimacy there for you, Matt. Like it. Well, I'm a big fan of that, to be honest with you. That was classic footballing symmetry. Um, yeah. I wonder if there was a nailed on blatant penalty that wasn't wasn't given in 1980 as well. Uh, <laughs> that would have been perfect, perfect symmetry. Um, who knows? Uh, <laughs> uh, Cheryl Stowe says it might be 42 years, but apparently only nine games. Yeah. I mean, you know. Tough to get. 42 years sounds so much better, Mick, doesn't it? It just sounds better. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a big deal, is it? It's nine games. <laughs> it's nine games, so it could have been two years ago. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, it's great. Yeah. It's good, though. I, I'm happy with it. Got to be happy with it, aren't you? So, yeah. I mean, you said earlier on that apparently we, we own Sheffield now. I mean, why would, you want, why would you want to own Sheffield? I mean, you know, can we not sell it? <laughs> Okay. It's silly. It's a Doncaster or Barnsley. It's like owning an old Hoover, isn't it? You don't. You're probably never going to need it, but it's always good to have there just in case you ever do need to. You know, some. So you know, like live in garage. Live in garage until yeah. we don't. So we might need it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it made all the more remarkable, Mick. And a remarkable might be harsh on the players that that played, but with the injury list. I mean, we had Hamish Douglas on the bench, who was sort of, <laughs> none of us have heard before, a youngster coming through the youth system. We were really down to bare bones, and the substitutes we brought on were, they worked very well, we'll, we'll come on to them, but we were really, really down to bare bones. And uh, we were. Maybe that used more, more of a motivation as well. Maybe that helped the motivation for the players, possibly. Yeah, possibly. Is it, to be fair, the, 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 the injuries really only affected the, the bench, didn't it? Yeah. You know, the, the, the team that turned out, the, the starting 11. We're, we're a stronger, a stronger team as we put out all season. Um, to be fair, so uh, yeah, it, it could have, it could have affected us, but thankfully it didn't. 
Um, mm. So, you know, even, even the substitutions weren't an issue. Um, so, thankfully, we didn't have a, a repeat of, of the Norwich game with in terms of injuries. Otherwise, then we would have yes. been involved. Um, so, but but as it as it happened, it was a strong strong side they put out anyway. So no problem really. Yeah, first like first time we've properly seen Chio top with Ben Wiles. Obviously, we saw it for a bit on the Norwich game, Danny. Um, obviously, the game we're part way through. This is the first one they've obviously prepped, and it worked. Wiles and Chio as a two. It's obviously not a two. It's a one one and one. Um, but it worked an absolute treat. I thought all game people could talk about Sheffield United not being very good, and obviously they weren't very good. But we were excellent, and that's that's helped by the formation that Matt Taylor's picked, and the obviously the individual performances as well, especially those front two. Yeah, I think um, that <clears throat> excuse me that camp position for Wilesy is um, just starting to bear fruit now because it gives him a little bit more um, freedom just in front of the the other two midfielders, um, and then Chio sort of played the um, the Washington role, you know, mm. like that quick man up that quick man up top. Uh, Wilesy making runs on the overlap as well. But also Chio still going after the ball and actually causing some nuisance on his own as well. Quite fitting that it was Chio that assisted Wiles for his goal as well. So it just proves that little, like you say, front two, but not a proper front two partnership is working. Um, but I just want to know how Wiles has found himself in so much space. <laughs> it, it's as if the Sheffield United defenders have just gone, oh, it's Chio or Benny, and just flocked towards him. He's dug the little through ball out, and Wiles he is just on his own, basically. Mm. I reckon um, his Ireland teammate, I think, I think it's John Egan, who's the Ireland teammate, has obviously said he's trouble. Look out for yeah. him, and they've all flocked towards him. And Wiles has just gone, "I'm here, hello." <laughs> um, deceived Fothering, and we think he's going all the way, and he scored. Mm. Um, still have questions about his celebration, if I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> I think he just lost to himself, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> which, I, which I love that. I do like that. It's like um, one of the warm-ups that you used to do back in school. You know, when they used to get to do high knees, but like run round yeah. the edge of the pitch doing it. It's like that, and he's gone. Yeah, no, I'm not making that away end. So he's just stopped. Um, but yeah, fair play. Um, the vlog's not up yet as we're live right now, but it will be up later. The limbs are absolutely incredible, lads. Good heavens! If we were in the upper tier, it would have been dangerous. If I'm being completely honest. Um, but yeah. Absolutely incredible for Wilesy. I'm really happy for him. Mm. Yeah, I am. He didn't, didn't go full Darren Garner. Didn't run, run full length at pitch, but no. that were in that were end at game when Darren Garner did that. So we'll let Wilesy off. <laughs> um, Danny says there the, the 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 space he found himself. If you watch it back, it's all down to Wilesy. The defenders have really moved. Mm. It's all down to his slight and subtle movement, just to gradually move away. And then as soon as the pass is released, it, it can obviously dive into the space properly. But it's really, really cool movement from Wilesy to get into that position. And obviously, Chio deserves 50% of the credit for spotting the pass. Mm. Yeah, but he's, he's, we, we know what a clever footballer Ben Wiles is. Um, and we've, we've talked, like you like you alluded to earlier on, we've, we've, we've been critical of him over the past few weeks, few months even. Um, but that's always been tempered with a, we know what he's capable of. And he's now starting to show what he's capable of. Uh, that's certainly these last couple of games. Um, so, he, 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 you know, he, he's nowhere near his best at the moment. So, hopefully this is... That, the, the two goals, the, the, Burn, the Burnley goal and this one, will, uh, will hopefully set him on his way and, you know, bring that confidence back that he's been lacking. 
uh, and we'll start to see the real Ben Wiles. We, we are starting to see it. Um, so this this position, playing in the kind of number 10 role, um, seems to suit him. Suits him far better um, than, 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 than playing deeper, as, he's, as he has had to do. Uh, so the four four across the midfield is is really benefiting benefiting him or the three behind him if you like. So uh, yeah, top man, top lad Ben. Yeah, we saw under the previous management, Danny, that I think we did see Wilder play that position a couple of times. But whenever he played there, it was quite for short periods of the game. Um, and then he off, I think Hartlepool last year was one of the games because of an injury or two. I think he had to come back. Anyway, um, he's he's always he was always better last season when he had a little bit more freedom. Always when he a little bit a little bit a little, little bit of lead, and he just goes away and see it. And Matt Tiller's he, again, we might be giving Matt Tiller credit; he doesn't deserve. It. He might have just stumbled upon it, but it looks like he's seen that and gone right. Here we go. I've got a, I've got a lad here. I've got a lad who can do this. We've got other other players with other qualities, but just give this guy, give this guy the license. Make everybody else do the, do the donkey work because while he can do the donkey work, but. When he can do that, why would you make him do donkey work? Just get him forward and allow him to express himself a little bit. Has Ben fro- has Danny frozen? Danny's frozen. You're back. Sorry, lads. I'm 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 I'm, I'm I am lagging all over the place. I don't think we've paid the, the internet bill. Um, um. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Matt. Just repeat that last bit. I am actually really, really badly lagging. <laughs> just about Wilesy, the, the freedom he's giving you. We want Wilesy playing, give with free. You want him with freedom rather than shouldering him with all the worries of running around mid central midfield. And it seems to have really released him. Yeah, um, I think that is down to just Matt Taylor's tactics. Like I, I caught the bit about the donkey work, so we'll we'll, we'll go with that. Um, but but yeah, it, it's as if Matt Taylor's looked at it and gone. Um, it's almost shook it down from the last regime and gone, right, the last regime wanted runners, which did as well, fair enough. But he's looked at the squad and gone, have we got footballers in this squad? And he's seen the way <clears throat> Wilder can operate, same with Barlasser and and um, Humphreys and, and such. He's seen how they operate as footballers, not just as runners, and gone, right, we can go with that. And I think that's why he's more comfortable playing Wiles in behind a lone striker, especially away from home. Because like you say, he can just do the donkey work, but also be very capable of, <clears throat> like we saw against Sheffield United, just peeling away, finding that bit of space and then going for it. We have seen it before where he's found himself in space, but shot off target. Yeah. Maybe he was settling back into it. We've discussed it before, who knows. But against Sheffield United, he's found the space and gone woof and gone with it. Same with um, the potential penalty call, which I'm sure we'll come on to in a minute. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> he's sort of got the ball, um, he's sort of seen the run, got the ball and then gone past the defender in a similar fashion, just as more of them this time because they've cottoned onto it a little bit. Mm. And if we can see more of that from Ben Wiles, in the Championship, it, it will bring more goals for him. In League One, he found goals anyway because Wiles in League One is dangerous as it stands anyway. Um, but in the championship, you do need to be a bit more savvy with mm. it, you know, like with your time in the run, you can't just bomb forward, try and out for a ball, and then run back again because it'll knock you out. But in the championship, you need to just time it just that little bit better, play a bit more football, even though I've seen that we only had uh, about 33% possession against Sheffield United. But that's the thing if you play football when you're in possession and it gets a goal, it doesn't matter how much the opposition sees of the 
of the ball, if you can defend it well and play your football your way, which we did, then it comes out for you. I think the only exception was Stoke, where we just just mm. dug in and held on. With Sheffield United, we just found those little those little corridors, those little opportunities just to push it out just a little bit and just you know push them away, keep them at keep them at arm's length. Whilst he can do that in that slightly advanced midfield role, because like we said, as he, op- as he operates as a centre midfielder, it's almost like he's doing the, the sort of just the midfielder role of just up mm. and down the pitch, but slightly more advanced, he can just peel away just a little bit and let you know your um, <clears throat> Lindsay and Rathburn and, and Barlas to do that work in midfield with Barlas being the distributor, but Wales just peels off just a little bit. Bit more of an old-fashioned cam sort of mm. sort of role, more like a David Ball sort of role. Um, yeah. Obviously, being able to do the donkey work as well, which well, as a cat, I'm going to put my head out on on the on the block here. I'm going to put it on the chopping block and say he's, he is now showing qualities of being the next Frecklington for us. Anyway, yeah, and saying that, but. <laughs> Until he leaves in January for five million. Quid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm putting my neck out and saying that now. Yeah, it, 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 there's two ways looking at it. The, the, the way to look at it, see, so yeah, he, he's proven himself. Well, he's already already probably go down as a rather than legend. That's probably just seal it Tuesday, or he's just putting a few million quid in his price tag that was already quite high anyway for January at the end of the season. So whichever way it is, it works out well for us, I suppose. Um, comment here. Evening all. Only Barnsley stopping us from having a full house of owning South Yorkshire. <laughs> True. Yeah, we haven't played them in a while. Uh, Phil Robinson mentions Wilds made good space to shoot just before half time. Then something happened. Jerryanne uh, <laughs> um, Simpson. New managers found a way of getting Rathbone and Lindsay on the pitch together, which is key, and we'll come on to that later on as well. Um, so yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about the incident. Mick, do we get a live reading on your monitor, or is it just unfortunately not? No, oh, damn it. <laughs> that's a shame. Um, let's talk about for content. That though, how um, how Mick responds to referees and what his uh, BPM is. <laughs> get one of those BPM things that goes on your finger. And yeah, just go, right, Mick, watch, yeah. watch this game of Keith Stroud, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll give him a bit of credit before we start, Mick. For me, for 60 minutes out of the 90, I thought Keith Stroud had quite a good game. Um, yeah. there, there were two or three incidents which which were bad, but I thought second half, I can't really fault him. I thought the injury time at the end was probably bang on. Uh, I don't think there were any really contentious decisions in the second half, other than the push, Peter Kioso. Um, Maybe we'll come on to that. But for the most part, Keith Stroud had a pretty good game. But there was a 15-minute period at the end of the first half which I, I, almost, I almost said it was one of the worst 50 minutes of refereeing I've seen, but the last week shown me that it's actually not. Um, the penalty, the push on Ben Wiles, I can't understand why that's not a penalty for the push. Uh, I just don't get it. Mick, could you defend Mr. Stroud at all? No. No. I mean, no, I can't. Uh, it's, a, it's a clear penalty. It's a clear and obvious penalty. There's no question about it, um, and and it's very, very much like, of the set of circumstances, are very much like the Norwich game, in that this penalty claim happens. It's a clear and obvious penalty. It doesn't give a dive, but what happens is the ball goes up the other end, and there's exactly the same challenge. 
exactly the same challenge by Lee Peltier outside our box on a Sheffield United player, and that's a foul and a booking. And if you look at those two challenges, they're, they're, they're only different in that the speed of the, the speed that the players are running at is different. Everything else is exactly the same. Lee Peltier is behind the man, and and he, he takes the man. There's no question about it. It is a foul. It's not but a yellow, it's a, but, but it's not a booking. Yeah, it's definitely not a booking, but it's definitely a foul for me. Hmm. So, how can that be right? How can that possibly, possibly be right? It, we, look, he's 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 not a very good referee, Keith Stroud. We know that. Everybody knows that. He's proved that over the eighteen years that he's been, he's been working for the for the EFL. He, he goes in fits and starts. He'll have twenty minutes refereeing reasonably well, and then all of a sudden he just has a complete brain fart. And 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 as those fifteen minutes up to up to half time, um, and and some of the decisions were just mind boggling. The penalty cannot believe he didn't give. You you alluded to the push on on Kiosa in the second half in the penalty area, right in pushing the referee, yeah. two handed pushing the back, nothing. It, 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 but yet then two minutes later another push. On a on a Sheffield United player is given, mm. um, and, and I mean the RUFC has put a a video together, and and the the booking that from Wesard that Wesarding got clearly a booking, not a problem with it, no issue whatsoever. But two minutes later, the self same foul on a Rotherham United player, he plays advantage, no booking, and it's exactly the same foul. I, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand why we can't be consistent. If you're not going to get a penalty, don't. Oh, that's fine. Don't be booking a player for doing the same thing at the other end. Or book him, give a penalty. Because they are the same foul. The difference is one's in a penalty area, one isn't. So one's easier to give than the other. Um, so... It, that for me is not about competence. That's just about bottle. Why would he give a penalty to the opposition right in front of Blades Cop? Anyway, if, if that's if that's an hour later and it's Sheffield United attacking that end, hundred percent minute, mm-hmm. he's going to give a penalty in it. Hundred percent, he's going to get two penalties. <laughs> you know what I mean, it, it's it, 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 it's 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 about bottle. It really is about bottle, um, and. And it's just it's just poor, but but what yeah you can I mean we can complain all we like can't we and we do well I do anyway, uh, but it, they make it so easy. Poor, really poor from Stroud, and that that, that is not a penalty. It's just I can't I can't I just can't I, I don't I cannot comprehend it. I genuinely can't comprehend it. No. Uh, Jalen Simpson says we upset the script. <laughs> Simon Thorne says if decisions were gold, we'd be skint. Yeah, yeah we would. Yeah. Um, even Radio Didar said it was a penalty. Phil Rawlinson, he was only giving pushes in the back one way. Howard UK says big big club privileges. Bazaf rightly says, why would Ben go down if he if he wasn't pushed? He was clean through on goal. And it's the only the only good thing is Danny. This time it didn't it didn't cost us because I, I, I can. 
every single Rotherham fan at half-time was thinking, oh, God, here we go again. We've got a big decision going to go against us and a big club are going to probably turn it around in second half. So, thankfully, that didn't happen. But there's, I can't really excuse the decisions that we're getting. And it's just happening game after game. It's not 90 minutes where there's three bad decisions. Three games in a row now, we've had shockers. It's just crazy. Yeah, the exact same thing happened against um, against Norwich. Chio goes down. Same file happens at the other end. Gives free kick because yeah. it's not in the penalty area. Um, and in a way, the same thing sort of happens with Wiles. He's got the ball gone gone past the defend. The ball's gone past the defender, and Wiles has gone after it. The contact's been made, and they've gone down. Which, if you've if they felt contact and they've gone down. And it's enough for the foul, which it is with Wilder, because uh, he's, he's already gone past the defender and gone down. You can check the gallery pictures that the club have put out, and you can see where the contact is. And they put like, that out. Brilliant. Yeah, Very like bang, bang on, you can see where the contact is, but not been given because down the other end. Oh yeah, it's a free kick, and I'm going to have to put me uh, my conspiracy hat on. This one, ladies and gentlemen, there is a conspiracy against Rotherham United. There, there actually is. It's a big club conspiracy because we've we've upset the script and we've beaten Sheffield United, and now they're going to go. Hmm, how can we upset them? I know we'll say, "Oh, they've met their penalty quota for this season, which is two. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's it now. So it's been nice knowing your penalties. I don't think we'll get one for the rest of the season now. The, the other thing to bear in mind is that if he gives that penalty, he's got to send the United player off. Probably, yeah, because he, he has no choice. Because there's no, there's no effort made to play the ball. If he's committed a foul in a penalty area without making an effort to come, there's no double jeopardy there. It's a, it's a red card. So that's another reason why he's not giving it. The thing is with Keith Stroud, I'm generalising here, but I feel like he's a man who likes to be the centre of attention. Mm. So I, that it, yeah, that makes it even more surprising that he didn't give it because it. He's not afraid to make the big decisions. Now, he often gets those big decisions wrong, and that, that's fine. But from what we know about him, I am genuinely surprised he didn't give that for a number of reasons, mainly because it was an absolutely nailed-on penalty, obviously. <laughs> I've got to say. Yeah. Um, Connor Simpson says, we need VAR. Uh, decisions from referees are inconsistent. And he says, biased. Will VAR help in the championship? You've got to... I don't know. That's, that's, that's opening up a massive can of worms. Um, John C. Yeah, Les Payne on iFollow was talking about the big, big club bias as well. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. Uh, Phil Rawlinson says, might sound daft, but psychologically, it doesn't decision spurred us on. Yes, it did. Uh, partially, I think that's right. Um, Geraldine Simpson brings up an interesting point. I think this is interesting to talk of. Is it because Matt Taylor has said something? Don't think he was wrong for what he was saying, but she asked the question. Now, that's a question, Mick. It shouldn't be. It obviously shouldn't be. But what it does lead to is us surrounding the referee, which I have never seen before. Yeah. You look at the players at half time, and they probably crossed the line. To be honest with you, our players that with that, with how much they were protesting, I, I get it was a penalty. I understand that, but they were all around the referee. So I think from that point of view, we need to be very, very careful because you can't be surrounding the referee like that. But every other team does it, I suppose. So do you, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I know exactly what you're trying to say. And, and it's frustration, isn't it? it it's, it's absolutely frustration. Um, but, you know, it, it, yeah, I don't know whether whether Matt Taylor's comments have, have, have kind of sort of um, 
fired the players up, mm. you know, and 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 kind of sort of into that sort of behaviour, if you like. Um, I, I, I mean, the, the, one of the things we, we missed out on, and it, and it, it leads into the same sort of thing because Lee Peltier has just been booked from the free kick. Yeah, Victor punches the ball away when the um, mm. when the uh, the ball boy throws it back. The referee doesn't see it. The referee has got his back to it. He's told about it by a Sheffield United player, and then books then books um, Victor for it. Um, I, I don't know whether, but Peltier was. I thought he was going to get a red because he was yeah. absolutely in the referee's face um, as a result of that. He went, he went to his pocket as well. Did you see him? No, he, I didn't. If you, no. if you watch it back, Keith Rowe points to his pocket while he's right. talking to Peltier. Yeah. Listen, listen, I don't agree with it. You know, they're not going to change the decision. Yeah, you can, you can, I suppose you can show your frustration, but it, it's pointless. It's absolutely pointless. The only benefit you're going to get from it as a player is to is to kind of sort of g yourself up a little bit and egg yourself on to 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 do more in the within the within the game itself. So yeah, I don't agree with it. I don't think we should be doing it, but I understand why they are, if that makes sense, because it is so so frustrating for us as fans. So how how frustrating it must be for a player to have that happen to you. Week in, week out, which is what it is at the moment. And and again, this is not a Rotherham United thing, you know. This is this this. Uh, yeah, I know you you sort of you shake your head and you know it, it's not a Rotherham United thing. It happens to every every other club or well many other clubs, not every other club, many other clubs. Hmm. Yeah, we're not going to spend too much longer if we were to bask in the win. But Danny, just your yeah. thoughts on the. The players' reactions and things like that, because it maybe maybe crossed the line. Um, crossed the line in terms of surrounding him and having a go at him. Yeah, just putting pressure at the, putting pressure. On the, if Norwich did that, we'd we'd all be sitting here saying it's a disgrace that they're signing referee. Are we? Are, are I, we saying right? That's what we want to do, or I think we... uh, at that point, after having two and a half games of shocking referee and the well within the right to surround him and just go, it's like this every week, and, you, and you've just joined the club effectively. Um, away fans weren't happy with when they didn't give the penalty and were saying something very naughty about the EFL from the away end, which was quite fun. And uh, from our end, at least, Keith Stroud got booed off as well. So that's third game in a row that the rest been booed off. Um, so, yeah. To say it's it's a disgrace, if it's another team doing it, yeah, we would be saying that, to be fair. Mm. If they were 1-0 up and they've surrounded ref about the penalty claim, it's like, we should be doing like 1-0 up, you know. But to say we've been on the back of, at that point, two and a half shocking games with officials, I can see why they've done it. Especially yeah. Wilesy, because I've seen a comment saying, yeah, uh, from Julianne Simpson saying Ben was furious. Yeah, I would be as well. Yeah. Um and like I say, he's gone for his, his pocket with Peltier and I think he's clocked on that if he has to book Peltier, he'd have to book mm. the entire team as well. Um, um, so, yeah, I, I'm all for it, me. We've, we've seen him, Matt Taylor put his comments very publicly about referees, mm. which is well within his right to. May have been fine for it, but that's another story. Um, we've seen the referees, probably how they've reacted to it with Keith Stroud. Potentially, that's, again, conspiracy. But if they've reacted to it and then we've then countered that with the players going, can't be doing that, mm. 
so yeah, I'm all for it, mate. We see teams surround the ref all the time with even little fouls when they come to New York. So it's like we need to do that now. We need to get in the faces and just go, it's not on. Mm. You know, because like Les Payne says, there is a big club bias. So we need to stand up to that. We we can argue that the the officials have been shocking until we turn blue in face. But Matt Taylor, his, his motivation is gone. You've surrounded mm. ref. We've all seen what he's like. Now go out and show him why we should be in this division. And mm. that Sheffield United result is the perfect example. Because mm. again, football symmetry, we've been finessed by Burnley. Sheffield United finesse Burnley. And then we finesse Sheffield United. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, it's happens all the time. I remember watching us back in Ronnie Moore days, and back, even back then we were we were saying little Rotherham don't get any decisions. This is not a new thing, obviously. Um, Finch on Michael Miller says he couldn't understand the decision not to award the penalty by Keith Stroud. He says failures to get the big decisions right throughout Keith Stroud's career has undermined his ambition to become a Premier Premier League referee, which I completely agree with. But the problem is he gets stuck in the Championship. There's nowhere for him to go. VAR, maybe. Send him on VAR. Um, let's move on, because we've got about 10 other players to, to credit. <laughs> I think that's not even including substitutes. I want to throw some praise at the defence, Mick. I mean, I'll let you pick whoever you want to pick from the back three, because you could pick any of them. But I'm going to start by praising Lee Peltier, who I thought was the calm, one of the calmest, but other than when he was shouting at Keith Stroud, <laughs> was, was one of the calmest men in, in Bramall Lane, he was excellent. He was ahead of the game all the time. He, he never finds himself... He almost never seems to find in a bad position. He always reads the game so, so well. And he's just... He's just he's a bit like Wes. He's a 7 or 8 out of 10 every single week, although Wes has a few moments sometimes. Hmm. Peltier is one of the signings of the season, and that says something because there's been some good signings so far. Equality, isn't it? It's absolute Quality. Um, and and he's he, for me, if if Richard Wood doesn't start, and assuming that Wes and Cam Humphries are fit, he he, he fits in there, mm-hmm. first choice every time for me. Um, I, I just he's got the experience, he's got the ability, he's got the cool, calm head, like you've just said there. Everything about him, I I I, I think he's an absolutely phenomenal signing. He's, he's, I accept that he's 36 years of age now. Mm. So he's, he's, he's very much at the back end of his career. But what a player. What a defender. He is absolutely outstanding. And that back three, for me, was a stronger back three as we've got. You could just faultless, weren't they? Yeah, if you wanted. But, but I, I mean, Cameron Humphreys, I think Jerry Ann Simpson's put it there in the, uh, in the comments. It was another level. He is such a, I mean, for me, that is a signing of the season. Probably Cam Humphreys, no question in my mind. Um, he is Premier League quality, that lad. Absolutely. Um, and I've no doubt he will play his trade in that division at some stage. Um, what a player. He's brilliant. Um, mm. But Wes had a steady game as well. Wes did what Wes does, doesn't he? You know, um, it amuses me a little bit. You know, you see these players like McBurney strutting about with a, Socks around their ankles and you know a, a two centimeter high shin pad in there, uh, and then there's Wes with his massive shin pad sticking out exactly where he should be, you know? <laughs> <laughs> completely the opposite. It just made me laugh. Um, yeah, they're, they're just that back three. Whoever plays in there um, is, is very very strong, but but that is 
the one that the, the, the three that played on, on Tuesday night were just they were fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Danny, do you want to heap praise and then we'll start with the defence. We'll come into midfield in a minute because there's more praise to be given. Uh, but talk to me about that back three because uh, Phil Rollins has he's, he's had a penalty, he's had a curse with there, but he said they were absolutely faultless. And I think the defence was basically faultless for 90 minutes. They were superb. Yeah, other than <clears throat> the odd little mistake that defences just make in football where they just nip through. Yeah, borderline faultless, that defence. But even when they made the mistakes, even Victor was like a brick wall Yeah, as well, wasn't he? Um, there were two saves that he pulled off in the second half, which legit were three points saving saves mm. that he made. Um, yeah, the defence were clever. They were organised. Humphrey's absolutely incredible once again. Like we've already said, Peltier, calm and composed. Harding was quite tricky on that left-hand side and he's forming an all-right partnership with Bramall. On that left-hand side, yeah. I think. They sort of understand each other a bit, don't they? Mm. Um, but the the guy I'm most happy to see doing well is Kyo. So we've not seen him for the vast majority of the season. And he's just slotted in easy enough. <clears throat> and whilst uh, Norton Cuffey is just recovering a little bit through fatigue and, and such, as you do when you've been running a million miles an hour at 18 years old, um, Kyo so stepped in and just carried the torch very, very easily. The only difference is Kyoso puts his head in where it hurts, doesn't he? And yeah. didn't he have the first chance where Fotheringham had to pull off an absolutely incredible save? I think it was Kyoso anyway. It was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and and that little manoeuvre just to create that chance to Kyoso, that proves that we're not a hoofball team because mm. the football in that build-up, oh, incredible. <laughs> absolutely incredible. Um. But yeah, for me, that back line and Victor, solid as rocks. They were legit brick walls against Sheffield United. And even when the brick wall was breached, it was given offside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think uh, that's the only yeah. decision that went our way for 90 minutes. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, another comment here says, what we go on about Victor, we made, like Danny says, made at least two amazing saves, and which is now seen as normal. Sweden's number one. How has he not been called up? Legit. I was just about How? to say, they've announced the Sweden squad. Again, for two pointless friendlies, they don't qualify for the World Cup. Um, and Victor hasn't made the squad again. I just we're we'll gonna be, be trying to speak to some Swedish you. people and see if we can get some clarity some on the yeah. situation because mm. I just don't get it. I... Anyway, mm. don't get it. Yeah. Victor, he should be the national team. Um, but there we go. He's our, he's asked, he's our, we've said this before, he's our Swedish number one, so that'll have to be good enough for him for now. <laughs> um, sorry, Victor. <laughs> That's not much of a consolation prize, I suppose. But <laughs> there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, Geraldine Simpson says Kyoso was solid. He is a new sign, obviously, but it feels like even more of a new sign because he's, he's coming in November. Mm. I said to a Luton fan that the World Cup has come at the worst possible time for Peter Kyoso. So he's played two games, will hopefully play three in mm. a short space of time. And it gives you so much. He's maybe not as quick as Brook Norton Cuffey, but he's probably better defensively. He's much, much bigger and stronger than Chio or Norton Cuffey in that position. It's just another option, Yeah, but you don't lose anything. You know, you know sometimes you might take somebody in and, and swap them because one's quick, one's slow, but better defensively, blah, blah, blah. You don't lose anything with Peter Kyoso, do you, from, from no. my point of view? You gain, really. Yeah. He's a threat in front of goal as well. Mm. Um, you gain a threat from corners. He's 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 he's, he's fantastic in the air. Um, no, I, I've got absolutely zero complaints, you know. And, and I suspect it might mean a spell at bench for Norton Cuffey potentially, um, which which would be a shame. But you know, there are other there are other options there as well. But yeah, he's a he's a, he's a player, isn't he? He's an absolute player. Um, once he gets into the swing of it and gets match fit as well, because he ain't match fit yet. No. Um, yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Great to watch. Mm. And it allows you to bring on Norton Cuffey later on in the game, which is a yeah, was absolute mayhem, which, yeah. which, is, which is what he did. Yeah, he did. Uh, so, Bramall was very good as well. Bramall was very good in the first half. I thought he had a very quiet second half, but I thought he was very, very good in the first half, Bramall. He didn't have a lot to do, did he, in that, uh, no. in that second half? No, they didn't, no. Um, uh, Brian Allett says, we're chatting to Sheffield United fan at work and saying that Dan was the best midfielder they've seen so far. Let's move on to the midfield then, Danny. I think he means Dan Barla, so Danny. It's not, not you, sorry. Um, different time. <laughs> oh, <Dan. a> shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, the midfield three, with, with, with no Wiles for a minute, because he's obviously a bit further forward. Midfield three of Barla, so Lindsay and Rathbone. is one we've been calling out for for a while, for different reasons, but that's one we've been calling out for. And it's an absolute dream boat on the field. It just works. We've been craving Jamie Lindsay and we've got what we wanted. And I can't speak highly enough of the way that all three of them perform again on Tuesday. Yeah, my question is, how on earth has Matt Taylor found a system to fit all three of them in? I know. And then have Wilesy on as well. Like yeah. Normally it's like, oh, we'll play such and such, but then we'll have to drop, drop so-and-so. Whereas Matt Taylor's just gone, just throw them all in. You know, throw them all in, we'll make it work. And yeah. we have, like, like I mentioned earlier, you've got Barlasser as the distributor, Rathbun is the man who doesn't stop running, Lindsay is the terrier, and then Wilesy is your attacker. And if you watch, there's a moment where all three of them are on the press and Sheffield United play, try and play the triangles and they just press them all the time. We mm. press it, we get a throw, and then I think like two, three minutes after, then we score. Yeah. And that's what you need. You need to be in the faces, some at least sometimes. Just if they're just playing right around the back line, you can just keep them at arm's length. But if you want to just get in and, and upset them, that's when you press the ball. But you have to always press as your three, mm. and that's what we did. And we did it very, very well, especially in the lead up to the goal. And to have a system where we get Barlasser, Rathbun, and Lindsay in a midfield together, yes, there's the argument saying we need to save one in case there's an injury. But at the same time, if you're able to play your three best midfielders and then the other best midfielder in an attacking role, which he likes to do, fair play. And I think it is down to Matt Taylor's brain. He is 
very much a tactic-based manager like we saw with Exeter. Yeah. And if he's got the tactic of, right, we'll get the best three and then the attacker into it, but it leaves us with one only one striker, but we can still distribute and create chances with it, then we'll do that, especially away from home because we get in the faces and upset them. Mm. And I believe Matt Taylor's now got the same amount of away wins total as the previous manager got in all his championship seasons. But yes, Matt well, it, but Matt Taylor's done it in yeah. one. I know, done it in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. I tell you uh, what, this uh, I tell you what, this squad and this formation is missing. It's missing Adam Lafondre. That's what it's yeah. missing. If you slotted him in there, that would be it'd be like Evan McDoshaw, wouldn't it? It'd just be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, imagine if we had an Alfie up front. Oof. Yeah. Oh, mate, mate, is heaven what? with the door shut better with the door open? No, it's better with the door shut so nobody else can get in, isn't it? You know what I mean? Okay. Just checking. Yeah, really, <laughs> really have coming in. I suppose. Um, the only downside to this formation, Mick, is squad depth. Hmm. We haven't planned to have four central, essentially four central midfielders on the pitch because Ben Wiles was obviously planned to be a central midfielder. So between now and January, which obviously is helped by the fact we get a month off because of the World Cup. But there's no change. You can bring a, a dolphin in, which is which is a, which is a good substitution. I'm not this. I'm not knocking a dolphin to be honest with you. I think that's a good yeah. change. But after that, you're completely stuck, and that's that's the only problem with playing this formation. I know we're short on strikers anyway, but that yeah. that's the downside, isn't it? It is. It is. But you can't just you can't just save one just in case yeah. you get an injury. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you play your best available team, and then should should an injury happen, then we're going to have to look at playing a different way, which we're more than capable of doing, mm. you know? So, it, it, it's, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but it's working, and it's working yes. really, really well. Um, and what it did the other night, in different to, to how we were at Burnley and, 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 and Stoke before that, you know, we were able to keep the ball much better mm. as we were trying to defend that lead in the back end of the game. Um, it wasn't just hoofed up front until Tom Eves came on, but when it did, it when he did, it stuck and he did, mm. it, it did what he needed to do uh, and did it really well. Um, so there seems to be a progression, you know. We've gone ahead in, in all of these last three away games. Uh, sorry, I'm forgetting about Cardiff because it's like it didn't happen, no. uh, well, it didn't for me, it didn't for me, uh, <laughs> uh, it didn't for me an hour there. Um, <laughs> So, but but yeah, there's been a progression in the way that we've defended that lead, <clears throat> and that again is the effect that the teams, the the the, the managers are having on the team. Mm. Uh, so Michael Oates just mentioned there that Scott High as well, uh, but we can play in um, in uh, in midfield. So we we are whilst we're not we've not got massive depth, we've got enough uh, certainly to see us through until January. Um, so it, listen, this team is. This this squad is capable of far better than fourth bottom. Mm. I mean, far better. And if this manager is able to to continue to develop them the way he has developed them over the past seven weeks, whatever it is, he's been here now. Um, then then yeah, the survival is not what we're after for me. Mm. Um, you look at the quality of the teams that we've played over the past few weeks. Yeah, you know, you've got Burnley, United, um, um, Norwich, all going to be up there. 
we've 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 given these teams a proper seeing to, and we've been very very unlucky to lose two of those games. Very unlucky. Probably, I would argue, in both cases, due to circumstances outside our own control. Mm. When we start to play the teams a little bit lower down the pecking order, somebody's going to have to get ready. They are going to have to get ready. We are not a fourth from bottom football team. We are not. Um, and I'll nail my colours to match. They are capable of top half this, this squad. They are capable of it. Whether they're able to achieve it is another matter, but they are certainly capable. I agree. I do agree. Jaron Simpson says, Dan thinks we are top 10. Do I? Oh, the Ballasim, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like, I like that. Players, the players got belief in themselves, so they should know. Um, John C. says, thinks Ballasim passing was probably not his usual standard, but he does set a very high standard for himself. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Powerman UK says, Dan Ballas is like a drug. Once you start watching him, you can't stop. Yeah, I agree. It, it just helps look after the ball. Again, it's a concern if he gets injured. There's, a, there's then concern because then what's plan B? Again, because of the squad depth. That's something that Matt Taylor needs to address in January. Um, touching wood, hopefully Dan Barlas don't get injured, obviously. Um, you mentioned Scott High. Michael Oates says Scott High. I don't think, to be honest with you, Danny, I don't know about you, I, it's clear to me Matt Taylor don't fancy him because there's been numerous occasions where it would make sense to put Scott High on. They did it come on against uh, Hull, Hull, I think, but very, very late on mm. as well, weren't it? Um, I get the feeling he's not particularly fancied. I don't know what you think about that. Uh, could just be a case of when we need that extra midfield body, it's slightly more defensive mindset when we need a Dauphin rather than attacking mindset because we've not really seen as sort of chase a dogged 1-0 mm. or 0-0 yet. Uh, and it's at those points where you would probably see Scott High just to add a bit more energy in the midfield. So maybe the opportunity just hasn't presented itself. Um, but yeah, obviously Matt Taylor sees training more than we do. Yeah. So yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Let's move on. Is there anything else you want to cover from the Sheffield United game? Tom Eaves. Tom Eaves. Go for it, Danny. Exceptional. When he came on, he even though, like I mentioned a little bit ago, um, about us going a little bit more hoofball when he was on the pitch, but can I just say, his hold-up play, taking it down to that corner just to tactically waste time, um, was excellent, absolutely excellent. I think some some fans would have wanted to have seen him go for goal and have, and have a crack at it or anything, but he's obviously had his mindset of, right, I need to dig in for the team here. And trying to battle against the big man up front who's holding the ball in your corner is a little bit, you know, they had the work cut out for him. And I think the liner actually gave the wrong decision on one of them. He gave a goal kick and not a corner. But anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I saw rumblings that Tommy was up, was at least upset and gone down the tunnel early uh, because he thought they were booing him. We weren't. <laughs> And I, can put, and I can put my hand on heart and say we weren't booing him at all. We were just going, Eves. Yeah. Or when Sheffield United used to um, scream moose, I legit thought they were booing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he was absolutely fantastic when he came on. And if he can match that performance in future, a lot more Robin fans will start warming to him. I, I've warmed to him already after yeah, recent performances because he has done very, very well. And um, he probably won't watch this, but if he does, Tom, 
we weren't booing, we were encouraging. Yeah, it, Hull did it. I'm surprised not used to it. Hull, when we played, when Hull do that, did that chant to him as well. I'm surprised he didn't. Anyway, move on. Yeah, I thought it was good. There. That's what we should have done against Burnley last week. Take it into the corner. He only wasted maybe 30 seconds, but it takes the sting out of the game. It stops them getting the ball straight back, and it kills 30 seconds. That that's just that just shows how what a clever head, what a clever footballing head he has in his brain, just to realise that's what he needs to do. And the best thing is the ref can't add time on for it because the ball's still in play. Exactly. Exactly. So, so we won't see 10 minutes again if Tommy keeps doing that. <laughs> well, you say that, we'll find a way, mate. We'll find a way, don't worry. Mm, they found a way and gave the goal kick instead of corner, but anyway, let's move on. Yeah, um, yeah. Carl uh, Anthony says, if uh, Eve was immense, brilliant cameo, hopefully that's something to give him confidence. Uh, John C, Eve's did exactly what I had to do, brilliant. And Simon Thorne says that you and him and Danny are going to be the Tom Eve's fan club. There you go, then. <laughs> Um, yeah, really, really good performance. We could probably be getting another couple of players, but we'll leave that for now, maybe. Um, <laughs> I hope everybody enjoyed it, to be honest with you. you didn't, first time in 42 years, you know, us, there's only Mick that would have been alive for the last one. Uh, most people listening, I imagine, wouldn't have been alive for, for the last time it was it was a victory at Bramall Lane. So, yeah, enjoy it, revel in it. Make sure you wind your shift your mates up and the Wednesday mates, you know, we beat them in all last season. So, you know. Enjoy it while you can, because these good times don't last forever, do they? Uh, anyway, moving on. Moving on to the final game before the World Cup break. Yay. Uh, Luton Town. Now, this is an interesting one. <laughs> in, 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 in this interesting Luton Town. Um, we'll talk about them in a minute. I've done ref watch, but there we go. Steve Martin. Oh. Um, you'll know about him because he wears the tightest fitting referee shirts you have ever seen. Um, he did refers recently against Hull. Now that was the four-two loss. I feel like there was a penalty incident, but I can't recall it now. Um, he, the reason he stands out for that game for me, there's we started coming back into the game, and there was what, seven goals, six goals, and eight substitutions, and he added three minutes with their injury time on. Um, so it's showing it referees against Burnley, I suppose. Uh, Mick, you give me a funny face. Do you remember anything? I can't remember. Listen, I'm, the problem I've got is that I'm, I'm I'm old. I moan about referees virtually every game, um, and it's four or five podcasts ago now since I moaned about him. But yeah, there was something like that, and it'll come to me. It'll come to me probably about three o'clock on Saturday when we're <laughs> when, when we're about to kick off. But um, yeah, I'm not. Ah, oh, yes, Harvey Kelly, you legend. I think it was Eves. Eves getting dragged down in box at Cophead. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. That's the one. All over him as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, Danny. Apologies. Yes, you should have said. Yeah, 49 yellow cards in 13 games. Zero penalties so far this season. I should have seen why, because he didn't give the Tom Eves pull. Is, is, is that legit? 40, 49 yellow cards in 13 games this season? You've been me question me uh, research, not for the first time this season. That's an average um, of about 3.8 per 49, game. 49, yes. 40, so he averages about nearly four yellow cards. Good grief. But only right. two red cards. He's not given two yellows yet to, to, to one person. He's not double yellowed anybody yet. So right. That basically means he's booked every player that he's... <laughs> 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 he's been on pitch with, surely. 
49 yellows and he's not even playing. Good grief. Right, we can't tie waste against Luton, can we? Or else everybody will be booked. Bloody hell. So, yeah, Steve Martin, he's not, he's not going to give us a penalty, is what we've, what we've worked out. Uh, but we've seen over the past week, we're not going to get penalties anyway. So, anyway, that's very irrelevant, isn't it? Um, John Connor Simpson wants to know if there's any update on Kelly's injury. Yes, aim is Christmas for Georgie Kelly. Um, so he's going to the World Cup's come at a good time in the sense that he doesn't miss too many games, but he's not going to be back till probably Christmas or New Year. I think Christmas was positive. I think um, Washington is still waiting to fa- waiting to find out if he needs surgery. I think he went for a scan a few days ago. Hopefully, we'll find out something about that shortly. Um, yeah, the news that um, Washington might be available for Saturday. Did he? Mm. Oh, I, I yeah, missed I've that. That. Uh, that. I don't know whether that's right or not, but. So that that it sounds like it's good news on in terms of both of them. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Lewin Town. There's been a busy week of managerial changes for the for the championship. Wigan sacked their manager today. Crazily, don't know. Can't I can't help you with that one. That's there's, there's, <laughs> I, I don't time on this. Yeah, he uh, signed but, a, he signed a three year contract less than three weeks ago, and now he's been yeah. sacked. Yeah, yeah, right. He did. There's red flags flying all over the oh. place, Wigan. Absolutely, because he signed a three-year contract either on the day or the day before or day after. Yeah. They didn't play the pay the players. Yes, and then and then he gets sacked. So, uh, it, it, oh, it sounds dodgy. So hopefully, hopefully we'll keep our fingers crossed for us, not for Wigan supporters, obviously. Um, that there's there's some financial shenanigans going on there and um, and there's some points deductions incoming but having said that it'll probably be three seasons time when they get a points deduction you know. so it'll not matter yeah. so Maybe. yeah it's a bit dodgy at Wigan yeah obviously it impacts us because they're current. I think they're currently in the relegation zone so it obviously mm-hmm. has an impact uh, mm-hmm. on us Luton Town obviously have their own managerial problems um, Nathan Jones has left them again uh, this time he's gone to the Premier League this time he's gone to Southampton Um I'll be honest with you, Danny. I would much prefer to face Luton without Nathan Jones than with, because we all know what Nathan Jones brings to him. We saw how it affected us losing a long-term manager. This could be the best time to play Luton this season. Yeah, I mean, Nathan Jones and Luton seem to go together like bread and butter, um, because Luton do well when he is manager, and then when he's not manager, they don't do as well. Mm. Um and to play, although it's it's dangerous to play a team when they'll have to bring in a caretaker manager, though. Um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's going to have to. It's going to be dangerous for us because it could be a um, a Wigan situation against us, or it could spur them on weirdly to try and impress whoever might be watching, whoever whatever candidate might be watching the game. Um, so. Yeah, it's it, it's a strange one for me, but they'll certainly lose the um, how do I put it politely, um, the gusto of Nathan Jones on the touchline. Mm. They'll they'll lose that for sure, which could impact them in the dressing, which we could take advantage of, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but for me, I'm still a bit fifty fifty on whether it's a benefit or even potentially a hindrance for us. Mm. That's going to have to be made. My that's gonna, my mind's going to be made up at full time. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, as a couple mentioned, Mick Hartford is taking charge of Luton. Now, obviously, Mick Hartford managed Rotherham United briefly in 2006, I think. 
2005 or 2006. A little bit of a disaster. His only real management job, he's managed Luton a couple of times, but it's always been a temporary basis. But he's got a relationship with them. Did he play for the play for Luton as well? Yeah, I think he played for him when they were in top division. He's got a bit of the John Brecking relationship with Luton that yeah, he has, yeah. John Brecking's got with us. Um, yeah, he has. So they'll be hoping it's quite a, just a seamless transition from that to that. But it's just, you just don't know how it's going to go, mate. It, it, it genuinely could go one way or another. The, the benefit for Luton is they've got a really nice tight ground that's, and the crowd's going to be on top of them. So early goal to us, pressure's going to be on straight away. But if they if the longer the game goes on and maybe, maybe the tighter it is, probably the better it suits them. I, I think I said the same for us against Wigan. The longer it goes on, the better for the home team. You would you would argue, given the given the circumstances that they're in, that they'd, they'd be happy to pull out of that way a draw on Saturday. Um, now, now that the manager's gone, obviously that wouldn't have been the case um, had uh, Jones still been in charge. But um, yeah, it's a difficult one because Mick Arthur is, is is highly highly respected at Luton. In fact, it's just highly respected. Full stop. Um, Ignore Samuels. Well, his tenure with us work didn't go great, but I'm not convinced it was entirely down to him at the time. To be perfectly honest, uh, but but that's that's probably a story for another day. He's obviously had his health problems as well, um, so that's going to kind of galvanise the support behind him. Um, you know, coming in and taking over the job. So it, it may or may not. Um, be a good thing for us. It, it, I guess it depends on the um, the way that Jones has left the players. Yes, um, and and the, the the kind of relationship, how that relationship is at the moment. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But listen, it's a game that we should be targeted to get some points out of. Mm. Uh, these are not one of the top sides in the division. Yeah, they've been up there. Yeah, they've played well. Yeah, they've had a good run. But ultimately. They, they are one of the... And I don't mean this to sound the way it sounds, I just can't think of a better way. They are one of like the championship also runs, you know what I mean? They're like a 7th to 21st type team and they could fit anywhere within that um, within that gap, much like everybody else, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's not something that we should be scared of on Saturday. We should be going there and doing exactly what we did against uh, Burnley and against United and if we do I think we'll come out of the come out of the game with some uh, with some in back pocket fingers crossed it with three points be nice oh when it just um, yeah when it just um, Miller Click says it mentioned happy to us against Sunderland the way didn't it when they lost their manager yeah but they had the sort of um, boost it, Tony Mobile was appointed on the day of our game weren't he mm-hmm. so because he was able to come in that's the only only difference. It can go either way. I completely agree. It goes, it goes one way or another. Um, but all we can do is sort of rely on ourselves and hopefully it comes good. Jalen Sims says the ex-Wigan manager could be off to Luton. Oh, that would be a strange turn of events, wouldn't it? be a great appointment, though. I do like Liam Richardson. I think he's a great manager. Mm. Um, yeah, Tobias says, doesn't matter who the manager is, not going to Luton to see a loss. Yes, Tobias. <laughs> three, three easy points, as some people say. Hopefully. <laughs> Um, let's talk about changes and what we may see, Danny, because we don't know fitness. It's, it's There weren't many substitutions, obviously. Woody is available, was available. 
but it was a sensational defensive performance. So that's the only real question is, what do you do with that? Do you bring Woody bit Woody in for somebody or do you just say, right, that worked perfectly? This is the uh, the dilemma. It's the last game before we get a big rest. Yeah. So how do you treat that? We've got to the last game and we've got, what, three potentially big injuries now. Kelly has come back better than expected, which is fantastic. And she'll be fit for the Bristol game just after the World Cup. <clears throat> um, Fergie and Bowler are out until after we come back from Cyprus, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, Grant Hall is joining in with the second week of training in Cyprus, I believe. So he's still travelling, which is good. And like we've already said, Washington is back, but maybe too much of a risk to actually use. But we'll certainly fill a berth on the bench and be called mm-hmm. upon if absolutely necessarily needed. The only question for me is with the back line, is Peltier up to it? If he's up to it and pictures a nice long break afterwards, I think he puts his name forward and go, put me in gaffer, keep starting 11 the same. That is the mindset I can go with. Keep starting 11 the same, um, keep the the midfield three pressing as they did against Sheffield United, getting Luton's faces because then you can get on top of them. But the only question for me, like I say, is is Peltier up to it? But if he's not, stick Woody in. But the only the only downside is that Woody's not your um, <clears throat> out from the back defender. He's your mm. wrecking ball defender. And if we've got a referee who likes to give his yellow cards, mm, <laughs> you know. But f- for me, I would go with the same starting eleven if they're all up to it, and we've got no niggling injuries, and probably because it's the last game before a nice rest. Same starting eleven, send them on. For me, anyway, because they've got that bit more cohesion from the Sheffield United game. They've got that bond from seeing out the win, as we saw in front of the away end, which was scenes, by the way. Still laughing at the fact they had to bleep Victor as soon as he was on camera, which is which is fantastic, by the way. Um, But yeah, they've now got that weird cohesive bond that they've gone through the trenches. They've got the win in the derby, and now they, they could be very effective against Luton. In the same application um, with pressing the ball, so yeah, for me, same starting eleven. Mm. Yeah, uh, Palmer says he would swap Pelty out for Wood uh, because Wood's more rested. Jalen seems I should leave it the same, get Wood back to full strength. Is there any argument for any other anybody else drop out, Mick? Yeah, no. well, it depends on fitness, obviously, but anybody else? No, absolutely not. I think this this for me, um, given also Woody's back strain that he was. Um, nursing uh, in that Norwich game, for me, this is this is the first opportunity I think for for Matty Taylor to to, to name an unchanged side. Um, there's there's no reason to swap anybody out unless there are any injuries for me, uh, and go again in exactly the same fashion. Uh, go there and attack them. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily just add. I do. I agree. Could, yeah. could just that kind of, um, yeah. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a really, really interesting game because we know what to. I hope it's not like Cardiff, and we sort of we knew what we thought we knew what we were gonna expect from us. We knew we well, were gonna be at it, and then that team turned up. Um, that's the that's the question. Isn't it. We, we've got yeah. to keep these performances going. If these performances keep going, we'll we'll be so comfortable this season. It'll be ridiculous. Um, don't know. Let's wait and see. Very much looking forward to it. It's about the consistency, isn't it? It's about the consistency. And uh, somebody mentioned in one of the comments earlier on, uh, after I'd, I'd said, you know, we could, we, we, we'd have 
potential to be a top half team. Those those games like Cardiff are the games that we need to eradicate. We need to get those performances out of out of our system. We can't be having one every three or four games. You know, two or three a season, maybe, but not one every two or three games. You can't. Mm. Um, so so that's that's the key. You're absolutely right. They need to get a foot coach. Uh, on Saturday, which they didn't at Cardiff. So, fingers crossed, they have the motivation to do that and the confidence to do that at, on the back of the last few games. Mm. Yeah. Um, a couple of stats on the previous game, actually, I missed these. Uh, Jamie Lindsay's 100th game for Rotherham, league game for Rotherham on Tuesday. Uh, it was Dan Barless's 200th game of his professional career. He so far made 143 of those for us, so most of them. Um, we don't have any wins in our last four against Luton. The last win was in 2009, which was a 4-2 win. But we are unbeaten in our last three at Kenilworth Road. Two wins and a draw. Um, first time in quite a few games, I've given you some positive stats on our head-to-heads. Makes a change. Mm. Um, I'm sure it won't last when we play Bristol City in a few weeks' time. But, well, you know, that's where, that's where it is. Um, predictions. Uh, what should we do? Nobody got... We all predicted... Well, me and Mick... We all predicted Sheffield United wins on Tuesday, so we're just going to ignore that. Um, <laughs> Danny, I'll give you first crack at Luton. What do you think? Mm. Can Matt Taylor make it three away wins in one season? <laughs> I think if that's the case, I will probably be in some sort of coma for the whole of Sunday. Um I thought you were going to do it daft, like promise you'll get a tattoo or something like that. Oh, actually, you just reminded me about something, actually. Um, one of my mates, Charlie Oaks, oh dear, he said, if we beat Sheffield United, no, actually, no, he did. He said, if we score against Sheffield United, he'll get the tattoo of that player whilst he's out on holiday. So, Charlie, get the needle out. Um, get, we get the ink needle out, I should say, rather. Um, but, yeah, I'm actually going to... Agree with Power Mads, Brighton and Millie on this one. 2-0 to the Millers. I reckon this could be our first second goal in an away game this season. Other than at Coventry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mick, what do you reckon? Um, I was, I'd like to think we're going to get another clean sheet. So it's just a question of whether we can score and if so, how many. And I'm going to go 2-0 Millers. You go 2-0 as well? Okay. I'm going to go 2-1. Because I can't see two clean sheets in a row. That, feel, that feels wrong. Uh, don't feel wrong, but I just can't see it. <laughs> um, got, we'll go through a prediction of this. Harvey Kelvick says 1 1. Phil Oxley two, it says 1 1. Sorry. Tobias goes 3 0 to the Millers. I think that Beers is. on you if that happens, Tobias. <laughs> well, we clean sheet in there, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, Darren Coward says 2 0 to the Millers. So does Brian Allen, Paramount UK. And then click, as Danny says, Kim Hayward says 1 0. John C goes with you guys. Another clean sheet. 2-1 to the Millers and 2-1 also that there. Steve Gundy also and Russ Vernon says 2-0. He's gone wilds and cheer in the goals finally. I'll finish on this one. Mike the Miller says 1-1. I'd take all of those to be honest with you. If you took, if you get offered me a draw now and we'll go to World Cup on 20, what would it be? 25 points? 26. 26, 26. points. God, we'd have been dreaming, wouldn't we? You know what? If you'd have told me 26 points, 25 points even, going into the World Cup, we wouldn't have believed you. Um, but I prefer 28, though, mate. 28 would sound a lot better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the season, points-wise, has got tighter than I thought. But the teams down, they've got more points than I thought they would by now. So it mm. could be quite a high points total. In, in previous years, I think teams would sit with 44. 
it's going to be properly near 50 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but We're if it is 50, <laughs> exactly, if it is 50 <laughs> points, which, which it will be around 50, we, we are literally halfway to survival and we haven't got through half a season yet. Um, mm. Just shows the job done by the previous management, the players, obviously Matt Taylor since he's come in as well. We've got to continue. I, I can't find comment now, but it's about consistency, it's about keeping these performances going. You can't get complacent just because you beat second in league and now, now you're playing a, a managerless team. You've got to be on it. You've got to still try and punish those mistakes. Um, stop, make, stop, make sure you don't make any mistakes defensively. And there we go. If we do that, we'll come away with three points. Um, You've got to be ruthless. Exactly. You've got to be ruthless and, uh, you know, I think Matt Taylor is uh, is willing to still that into this team. Mm. Yes, and then he gets a break because it has been a hectic. For, yeah. It's been a hectic start to a, to a managerial job, to be honest with you. Um, as all the players deserve a well earned break shortly. Um, so there we go. Anything? Any of the final topics or comments you two want to make? I've got one last one. So as we've already said, we are on twenty five points. Right, so we have now surpassed the 16-17 season, which I don't know, make your own opinions up on this, about how absolutely atrocious we were in that season or how good we are this season. But in 46 games, we've got 23 points in 16-17. We have played 20 and have 25 this season. So make of that what you will. I just thought it was interesting. (laughs) You've got to be happy with the start. You've got to be so, so happy with it. And just pray it continues. And I've, I agree with Mick. These, these players are good enough. These players are more than good enough. Um, Mike the Miller says, what do we talk about after Saturday? Any suggestions? We'll be doing some World Cup stuff. I don't know how we'll, in we'll depth... Be, we won't be here very long with that anyway, so... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I find it difficult to get myself up for the World Cup for once, which is, which is different. I'm normally one of those people act like a seven-year-old boy that can't wait for it. Struggling this time to find to muster up any positivity, but that might change next Sunday when we watch Qatar against Ecuador. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> I can tell anyway, you the other I'm, thing I'm doing, I'm just going to the pub to watch England, and that's it. Other than the yes. first game, because I've got somewhere on, but other than that, to the pub to watch England. Might be for two games, might be for three, four. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. We will do World Cup stuff. We'll do an England type podcast f- over the next few weeks. Uh, there's too much of the World Cup to cover. As much as we would like to, we can't cover it in enough detail to, to properly cover the actual World Cup. But we'll cover the England stuff. Um, and then within no time, we'll be bothered and we'll be back. Um, and we'll see if we get any special guests between now and the World Cup starting again before the season restarting as well. Can't promise anything, but we will absolutely try for some special guests if we can. Um, please do subscribe if you haven't already. We're creeping up to 800 subscribers. Danny's promised his vlog will be up probably Friday morning. Danny, so I'm sure we say Friday morning. Yeah, I think Friday morning. It'll be worth the wait, boys and girls. It will purely, purely, purely for the limbs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. It'll be worth the wait. Um, when then we will be back on Sunday evening to pre to review. There's no preview to review the Luton game. Um, I might have a, like a recap of the first half part of the season. And how we think it's gone, some key moments and all that type of nonsense. Um, Mick, it's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed. I enjoy these these Yorkshire South Yorkshire Derby wins. Yeah. So it's very good. And they're always better after they're over, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Uh, and Danny, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to have you back. Yeah, always. Uh, happy to be here, lads. 
<laughs> yeah, no worries. I, I just about woke up in time for this one. Um, <laughs> but just to leave you all, uh, for our, especially for our YouTube, Facebook and, and Twitter live viewers, mm. what it says, I'm going to hold it with the wrong hand, but what it says on my flag, pride of South Yorkshire. There you go. Up the Millers. Up the Millers, boys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Rebel. Vicious. But brilliant. You're with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood is dead again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, there's a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.